Milk and cereal. Milk and cereal. Milk and cereal. Cereal and milk. Welcome to the Hot Stove Society Show on Cairo Radio. My name is Tom Douglas. Uh, we have Liz uh, stepping in in the producer seat out in Ballard. At our, you know, she's done all this great production work, but she can't make Thursday mornings. So she's doing a great job. She's doing a great job. Chef Terry is here. Of course, I'm here. Sean is over there, our te- technical producer. We're happy that you joined us. Camera is doling out. Uh, food today cameron over here at the hot stove team we are in the kitchens of the hot stove society in downtown seattle located on the second floor of the beautiful hotel andra beautiful is true yeah and lola is right at the corner on the bottom exactly and the series pies across the street come do a staycation with us sometime a night in the hotel get up and then look to the radio show or have breakfast with us we're good fun aren't we we're we're fun to wake up and it's a great spot to be downtown you're listening to us on Cairo Radio, of course, and uh, Terry, as I've often said, I'm not sure where you're listening to us. It could be in your garden, it could be in your car. So many people listen to us on podcasts, and the woman was saying to me the other day at the Julia Child event that she listens to us while she uh, runs along the waterfront, uh, does her jog, and uh, listens to us every day and, and looks forward to her jog. Oh, we inspire her to finish her run. So, What's your name? Do you remember? I don't. I was going to say, you go. But, yeah. And, of course, she looks like she runs and is very healthy. She doesn't look like us? No. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So come run. join us for breakfast and be part of our fun live audience. You can purchase tickets at hotstovesociety.com or you can catch the taping like we're doing right now on Thursday mornings from 9 to 11. Uh, we got some great classes coming up here. You know, we do tons of uh, cooking classes here mm-hmm. and also corporate events. You know, people bring their teams in and they do dumpling challenges. Lots of fun. All sorts of things. But our fresh summer pasta sauces coming up on the 22nd. That's pretty quick. And I'm doing a, a salmon breakdown class. You know, well, we're going salmon fishing this Saturday morning with Captain Keith from the Fly Mooch. You are? Yeah. Well, I'm sending my niece and nephew Because and you've kids. always told me that he never catches salmon. Well, I know. I'm hungry, so I'm not going to go fishing. <laughs> No. You're going to he go, fi- go fish at Mutual Fish. The, if you go out to the locks right now, the pinks are running like crazy. There's right. tons of salmon in the system right now, and so it would be a fun time. I, I'm a catch and release anyway when I go, so I don't, I don't do any damage to the, right. to the system. Anyway, I'm, I'm doing a class, and we're each two people, maybe three, is going to break down their own salmon, and we're going to make five different salmon dishes with it's that It's very fish. fun, and it's something everybody in Seattle should know how to do. But they breaking don't. down your chicken, breaking down your salmon. Right. I mean, if you know how to do this in the kitchen, you're going to save a lot of money, and you're going to also learn to be a better cook. And it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah it's, so it's much like fun. making sausage, right? Yeah. No, you don't need to. Every store has got sausage in the casing, but if you go to the sausage man and get yourself a ninety-nine dollar five-pound sausage stuffer, like yesterday, I made two hundred pounds of sausage for the sunset supper event tomorrow night oh, yeah. in the pike place market i made 200 pounds of spicy pepper jack and pork sausage with uh, apricot chow chow you know all, all the apricots coming nice. off our tree at the farm right now it's fun it's a good time i was tired by the end eight hours it took me to make 200 pounds of sausage give me a break you used to be a lot faster than that time i know i did it's true but now you get interrupted every like five minutes somebody sure. wants something yeah All right, uh, Charlie's Produce is going to be with us today, Cultivating Fresh, and we're going to talk about their little snack program uh, of trail mixes that you find in pretty much every store these days. I'm always curious about how you put those together for some sort of balance. I think they have 100 different varieties. 
Well, I'm they, sure there's a nutritionist somewhere along the way that gets in and go, you should put somebody, uh, somebody. I, I don't know about nutritionists, but. Or somebody who likes maybe, to eat. Maybe so. Yeah. We're going to find out. See, that's the good news about having Charlie's here is we're going to find out about nature's world and Northwest Delights. Do you have a complicated relationship with leftovers? No, never. Never. Why? Because I love them. I love to oh, use Oh, so you don't leftovers. mind just, yeah. A lot of people have a, like Jackie, my wife, doesn't like leftovers. And it's like, okay, well, we're just going to throw all this away? Obviously, no. it's better if it's fresh. But you know what? Leftovers sometimes, especially purpose leftovers. I make a lot of those. Yeah. I, you know, well, like purposeful I d- is a little bit different, right? Right. But, but I mean, even leftovers, I love them because yeah. it's, it's nice and creative and it's easy to put back together. Just make soup, for God's yeah. sake. There's like so many puree, different things. You can puree anything. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about how to, as we come together as a radio show to help our friends in Maui uh, start to re- the recovery process and what can we do here in Seattle. And I really want to do something as a radio show. So I'm sure some listeners uh, vacation there like I do every year. Not in Maui so much. I'm on the big island, but... Um, I have friends that live over there. Um, I, have, I have Hoana. But I want to do a team, a team effort here with our radio show, and I'm not sure quite where to start to get participation. So let's talk about that a little bit today uh, in our second hour. From uh, s'more, from ordinary to extraordinary. Food in the news, uh, the ancho chili, the nacho chili. Did you read that article I sent you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the th- three little things that are in the news that I found Humorous this week. Uh, Food for Thought Tasty Trivia is going to wrap up the show with uh, Rub and Love uh, uh, sponsoring it today. And our taste of the week. Uh, My taste of the week was this week. Uh, We had the big Julia Child birthday celebration right here on Tuesday night. It's Thursday morning, Tuesday night. And uh, we uh, we were packed to the gills, and people were strolling about. It was a it was a promenade. It was a walkabout, right? And uh, so people we were had ten different food stations and. I was on the duck station with the green beans, almond beans. Of course bean. you were. Yeah, I know. But I made just a fresh little summertime peach sauce. You know, right. French cooking, if you do duck a la pêche, right, typically it's a cooked sauce with like stock. A, almost and, like a jam. Yeah, but it was summertime, and I had these beautiful fresh peaches from the Prosser farm, and I just pureed them with a little bit of Saint Germain, so which gave it some perf- uh, extra perfume. Sure. So good. I put a little Amaro in there for bitter, Saint Germain for the sweet, and then the peaches themselves. You only uh, have a minute to talk about your taste. Yummy melon. I, uh, I bought a yummy watermelon this week. And, um, you know, for Yumi, not yummy, Yumi. 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 Yeah. Y-U-M-I. Mm-hmm. And um, made a feta watermelon and anise isop, you know, my favorite yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. And a couple nights ago when it was so darn hot, sitting outside at 7.30 at night and in the shade and having this wonderful salad. Yeah. Drizzle with a little bit of olive oil on top. Oh, it was so nice and fresh and easy because I didn't have to turn the stove on. Ooh, that was so good. Very simple and very... You know, the reason you see watermelon salad with feta so often is that it crumbles so beautifully, right? And, like, you don't want to put mozzarella on a watermelon salad. And it's also kind of salty. And so that that sweet watermelon and the little crumble of salty cheese. Exactly what the watermelon needs. Yeah. And do yourself a favor. Don't buy the cheap stuff. Buy the well, it's, it's buy not the real feta. But buy the sheep's milk feta. Yeah, it's like a night and day kind of difference. Don't buy the cheap stuff. Buy the sheep it's, stuff. Buy the sheep stuff. <laughs> exactly. It's not expensive. I bought a two for one the other day for like three dollars. It's not super expensive. All right, we got a big show coming your way. Leslie <laughs> Kelly is going to join us. She went to the Barbie movie, and we're going to talk about why she went in with gray hair and came out with pink hair on the Hot Stove Society Show, ninety-seven three FM. 
Welcome back. It's the Hot Stove Society Show on Cairo. Chef has got a mouthful of blueberry muffin. Mm. I always like to catch mm. you with a mouthful, Chef. So good. It seems like you're always eating. You know what? It seems that way in our mm. lives, doesn't uh-huh. it? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, if you're watching on our YouTube channel right now, you get a nice shot of Leslie Kelly, who has uh, recently been to the Barbie movie, came out with pink <laughs> hair and a pink sweater, and... Um, Pink purse, too, right? Is that oh, right? my, you know, come yeah, on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Leslie, you have been traveling. If you don't remember who Leslie Kelly is, I don't know how that could be, but uh, t- give us a little background. You were food reviewer for years in Memphis and Spokane and Seattle. You've written tons of articles for Forbes. You recently did an obituary for our friend uh, Terry Rotero. Uh, shame, shame. How, you were so nice to him. What was going on? I'm going to get email yeah. asking me if I'm dead. <laughs> I want to go back to Barbie for a minute. Okay, let's All go right, back to let's Barbie. Let's bring it back to Barbie because that's going to tie into where I've been this summer. Uh-huh. Um, I actually saw Barbie at a drive-in movie theater on Woodby Island. Really? Which wow. was such an extra special kick in the pants because uh-huh. took my 32-year-old kid who was visiting First time at the drive-in movie theater. Can we just say theater. you're not really supposed to go to the drive-in with your kid? It's like, um, it's like taking the was, romance out of everything. Listen, it wasn't He's just... He's 32. Oh, okay. <laughs> listen, it was, um, you know, it was an event. It was, there was, at this, at this particular <coughs> drive-in movie theater, which is called Fox's, Blue Fox, Blue Fox, they have um, a huge video arcade. They have a bowling alley. They have a bar they have every kind of Ooh, they junk have a food. Bar too yeah they have a they have a bar they have nice. a, they have a, a pub it's it was really fun uh-huh. we had a blast anyway we were on Woodby island for the entire month of july volunteering at the um admiralty head lighthouse at fort nice. casey yeah my husband and i travel in our rv um most of the year, much uh-huh. of the year, and we have spent the last couple summers volunteering for the Washington State Parks and going to various locations, exotic and otherwise. Um, spent a couple of months on Lopez Island, mm-hmm. went to my first outstanding in the field oh, dinner. Nice. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, and just, uh, you know, rolling down the road, um, eating as often as I can, going mm-hmm. to as many farm stands and farmers markets as possible. Making jam. Making jam. Yes. How do you make jam in an R V kitchen? I, I have a home base in Bellingham. Oh okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. I'm gonna confess. Yeah. And um I've been going out and picking blueberries at this place up in Whatcom County called Barbie's Berries. They mm-hmm. have the <laughs> I'm not kidding. You See serious? it's gonna bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about Barbie. Okay. Mm. So anyway, I made um, Chef in the Hat some blueberry jam, and he just was, he was raving about that it. That was, yeah. no joke, the best blueberry jam I've had. I, I wouldn't know. I didn't get to try it. <laughs> well, there may be a jar for you as well, but um, it, she's got some different varieties, which make it interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to do very low sugar. I don't use pectin. I just boil the heck out of it, and I add a little candied ginger. I add a little cracked black pepper mm-hmm. at the end, and it's pretty and darn good. And when you good. say at the end, so like you've got your pot, you've boiled the heck out of it. Yes. You've got the ginger's already been in there because your candied ginger needs to soften what? a little bit, right? No, it, it's pretty soft Is it? when you put it in. Uh-huh. I put it in towards the end. Um, 
it's always a bit of guesswork, like how thick does it need to be? You kind of know when the bubbles are getting, going from um, small to bigger. Uh-huh. Glop, 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 right? And so, um, you know, bl- blueberries in particular have a lot of natural pectin. I just love the way you just explained that. This is the way we used to write recipes. <laughs> so when the jam goes bloop, 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 <laughs> it's ready. <laughs> you're like, great. Does it, at least, can you say, does it cover the back of a spoon? Like- uh, you know, I, I do that. I put a, take a spoon and put it in the freezer for you know, 30 seconds or whatever and see if it's, but I've been doing it as much as I've been doing it mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have a feel for it. And yeah. that's what cooking is all about, isn't it? And yeah. whether you're in a tiny little RV, which I do a lot of cooking in my RV. And I outside do, the RV And too. outside the RV, I have a grill outside that I, I travel I've with my- I've seen many of those pictures. I travel with my George Foreman smokeless grill mm-hmm. and I give him a plug because I've <clears throat> pra- practically run it into the ground. And right now, of course, I'm obsessed with salmon. There's a really super groovy- um, native-owned seafood market up near Bellingham. It's called Lummy Seafood Market. You get salmon there you don't see anywhere else. And what do you mean by that? Um, they, you know, are bringing in tribal catches from the Fraser River. Uh-huh. From okay, so from Nooksack. area, other yeah. area. Yeah, I very, see what you're Very, very close. Yeah. Even Bellingham Bay, mm-hmm. which I didn't, I'm like, really? Okay. But yesterday I went on a hike at... Um, Larrabee State Park down on Clayton Beach and I saw a boat out, you know, setting a net and so obviously they're they're getting salmon. Mm-hmm. Very, very local, very fresh. You know what it's like yeah, to have that fresh. It's you know, it's here, it's in Seattle, it's down at the market, but it's such a it's <clears throat> such a gift and I've got one little tip for you. Okay. And you're gonna cringe. Um I spread a little I put first I put my rub with love on. Okay. okay, I love the rug Are you just placating me right now? No, just hold on. Um, then I put a little, a gentle smear of Duke's mayonnaise on top, okay? That is right up Tom's alley, so don't worry, you're not going to scare him. <laughs> he's rolling his eyes. <laughs> For those of you who are just listening, he's rolling his eyes. And then what eyes. happened after that? And then you, you, it never sticks. It never sticks to the grill, and the mayonnaise disappears, and it just it brings out the beautiful seasonings, and there's your salmon. You so know? your mayonnaise slips into your grill? No. It stays just, on top of the salmon? Yeah. It stays oh, wow. on top of the salmon. You've seen pictures of my salmon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. will share with you, but it is, it's, it's the best way mm-hmm. I have found to cook it on the grill mm-hmm. and not have it stick. So, so why I, not use butter? Butter has a more assertive taste, and I don't want that butter taste in my salmon. I okay. want to taste the salmon. Believe it or not, again, the mayonnaise disappears. Uh-huh. Huh. Wow. So wow. I want, and I also like Duke's mayonnaise to send me a case of their, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the real Thank reason. You. <laughs> the real I love reason. That. This was a little sponsorship. <laughs> you know, I've seen Duke's mayonnaise around in some of the commercial restaurants and I never knew much about it, but now all of a sudden they've done some good marketing because People are talking about it as a brand as they might Hellman's or Best Foods. Now they're talking about Dukes, and it's well, all the same mayonnaise. No, it's not. You can find it at Fred Meyer. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. No, it's I, not, Tom. Yeah. It's not, Okay, Tom. so there we go. Well, let's say uh, before, we only have 30 seconds. One restaurant tip in the northwest up uh, north of Everett. 
Because I don't oh, get up there much. Um, well, in Skagit Valley, go to a restaurant called the Fair Haven. Uh-huh. It's in Burlington. And it has the most spectacular sandwiches, and they make their own bread with Skagit Valley flour from Carn Springs Mill. It's wonderful. You'll like it even. All right. And can people follow you somewhere? People can follow, follow me on Instagram at LeslieDines58. Leslie Dines 58. Which is our birth year. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. And um, also, I write for Forbes.com and for the Spokesman Review. Okay, cool. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Up next, uh, Charlie's Produce is joining us. You've seen their trucks. We're going to cultivate fresh right here in the kitchen on Cairo Radio. It's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. Grab your That's right, I'm a nut. All them other nuts can kiss my butt. I'm green and full of protein. Put me in your mouth, I'll make you scream. I'm good and full of vitamins. When it comes to flavor, I'm perfect. Ten, I'm tasty. A healthy snack. All right, here we are back in the hot stove kitchens right here in downtown Seattle. Everyone's eating. Chef, just like that, Chef, they forget to clap because their hands are... They're stuffing their they just, faces. They just dumped us, like, yeah. just like that. Hot coffee, Spanish breakfast this morning of a tortilla... Chorizo and ruby chard. Mmm. Blueberry muffin. Uh, we've invited our friends from Charlie's Produce. You've heard us over the last month or two uh, doing a segment with them every week. It's called Cultivating Fresh. They are the biggest uh, produce dis- uh, supplier here in the Northwest. Absolutely. And we've been using uh, them for 40 years, and Charlie's been kicking my butt on the golf course for about 20 years. <laughs> so um, got I have a love-hate relationship with Charlie's Produce. I use them in my restaurants, but <laughs> on the golf course, Charlie and I just go after it. Charlie's uh, an awesome man. He is. Uh, one of the most, you would never know it because you don't see it out front as much, but one of the most generous companies here Absolutely. in the Northwest. Yeah. You'd be amazed at how much food they put into the food bank system. Uh, ben Ebison is here. He's going to join us and talk about, uh, normally we're talking about fresh produce, but right now today we're going to talk a little bit about their dry mixes that they put out in many of our local grocery stores. Welcome to the show, Ben. Come right up to that microphone if you would. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. You betcha. Pleasure. Uh, you've brought us a bunch of tasty looking treats out here and... I'm a bit of a trail mix nut. I, I, um, I just don't like it too sweet. That's my only issue because then I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Well, we my, have a perfect for mix my for my body. <laughs> we have a perfect mix for you. If you're, you have a hundred mixes. You have we, a perfect have mix for mixes. every everybody. Tell we us have about some that are sweet and salty. Some that are spicy. Some that are just yeah. will cater to anybody who has an appetite. So. Right. So let's talk about them uh, individually, if you would, a little bit. I see a bag of banana chips in front of me. There's the classic looking trail mix. There's just the, the nut mix. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about our trail mixes. That's one of our specialty items that Nature's World, uh, Charlie's Produce, uh, actually makes. We have our own manufacturing facility there. We listen to our customers on their needs and their wants. So we specially make mixes catered to what customers are asking uh-huh. for. And stuff. And some of our uh, key ones is like our San Juan mix. You said you didn't like something sweet. Well, our San no, Juan I don't like mix. it too sweet. I like well, like a little candied pineapple in it or you like, mango. If you like a cold beer? The San Juan mix is perfect. It's got a good kick to it. It's a little spicy. Uh-huh. It's perfect on that. Uh-huh. Then on the other hand, our Olympic mix has got the little M&M chocolate candies in it, so that's going to cater to that. A little bit of the sweet side. People that like the raisins. It's still got some healthy nuts in it, cashews. Mm-hmm. I've had that many times. It's yeah. really good. So it's a, that's probably one of our number one 
popular items mm-hmm. is that Olympic, followed by the San Juan mix. Mm-hmm. So it caters to uh, both uh, sides of the... So when you're out picking, you're trying to pick something healthy, and you see a snack mix like this, uh, and they're, they're all over the place, right? You can, you can buy them at every store. We what, have what? a huge distribution throughout the Pacific Northwest, um, several states, Alaska, Idaho, uh-huh. Montana. Pacific Northwest is our home. That's where the owner, that's where the family grew up. That's where the family who started this, the Walker family, was here in Sumner, Washington. So the Pacific Northwest is our key mm. customer base. Local customers, all your Vashon Islands, your Hilltops, your Town and Countries, all those independent customers, almost every one of them have our product in their stores, mm-hmm. along with some of the major retailers like the Safeways, the Hagens, mm-hmm. Fred Myers. You know, so we have a huge, almost any yeah. store you walk into, you'll find the Northwest. Every gas product. station. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. We, Congratulations we a, on that. We have that. a pretty good, strong coverage throughout the uh, whole so, Pacific Northwest. So how did you guys start that? How did you start the idea that trail mix was a thing? Part of the fun of making mixes is creating. I mean, they always say the best mix is whatever you sweep up off the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put that in, and then you got there, there's a new mix. Don't say that. That's yeah. going to get people yeah. in trouble. Well, you know, that's always that's always been the, the saying throughout our industry. Is right, you know, that's right. how you that's how you create a mix. Uh-huh. You know, and there's no secret to a mix. It's just listening to customers and putting this in there and trying something new. I mean, we carry a full range of organic non-GMO mixes. So we cater to both sides of the customers, you know, the healthy side. Right, right. And then we carry the chocolate-covered gummy bears, too. A lot of these uh, ingredients are made by other people. You guys are the mixers on on many of them, right? Absolutely. Almost. We source from all around the world. Mm -hmm. I noticed you even use CB Nuts up there on That's one of our key things is we like to partner up with local companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nature's World was a local family company. Charlie's Produce is a local family company. So we're, we partner up with uh, other family companies like Aaron, Aaron Baker out of Bellingham, Washington. I don't know if you guys yeah. are familiar with Alan, the Aaron Baker product, mm. but a great family business. CB Nuts over on Kingston. Mm-hmm. We partner up with them using their ingredients. So we're all trying to see how we can work closer together to provide everybody's product mm-hmm. out there. So we do a lot of partnering up with local companies. So when I'm looking for a more healthy mix, let's just say, and it's, I'm looking at it, I see, well, this has got pineapple and banana chips and mango in it. Sometimes that's not necessarily the healthiest one because a lot of those things are preserved with sugar, right? Absolutely. We yeah. carry, there's, when you get to your tropical fruits, there's one that's called sort of a low sugar and then one that's that got the higher content of the sugar. We try to use the lowest sugar content that we mm-hmm. can when it gets the fruit and stuff. So we're mm-hmm. still trying to cater to that healthy side. Right. Of a, one of our best-selling items is mango. It's mango? Mango. Uh-huh. Uh, we carry a, a mango slice. And then we have an organic mango, which are huge selling items. Uh-huh. Who doesn't like mango? I mean, mango is so delicious. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I know. I tend to buy them in those five-pound bags at Costco, those dried yes. mangoes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So Organic mango is probably one of our... Close to our top-selling really? item. Huh. Yes. Both in bulk and, and the package. It's really useful because when you have a bag like this, I've got that bag. I don't know if it's the one from Costco, but I've got mango like this. And I've used them in many different things. Yes. It's not just dry mango that you eat. I mean, have you put them in desserts? Well, it's a great snack all the way around. I mean, especially if you're going camping, hiking, right. something like that. It's a nice dried item. You can keep it in your backpack and stuff like that. And it doesn't melt. It stays really good for hiking and stuff like that. Yeah, but I was going to say, I used it yeah. in savory, I used it in sweet, like desserts and uh, salsa. You make like right. a nice little dice of dry mango. I mean, th- those mango, 
and you mix it with a little bit of uh, vinegar and honey, and then just yep. mix that together, and you have it gets recomposed. And, mm-hmm. and we sell mango in different formats. We sell in diced little chunks, bigger pieces, and stuff right, like that. Right. A lot of people like to use it to make their own mixes with. Right. You know, so we, what I like about buying your size is that look, by the time I get through a five pound one from Costco, six months later, those last pieces are a little chewy. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And, the but, tub, uh, and the tubs you're seeing here are our big packs called our, yeah. our mega packs. And right. we have several different sizes of containers. That I like see, the smaller that you'll ones. see in all your local stores that yeah. you see. We have convenient packs, more grab and go right. up to your bigger party size mm-hmm. sizes and stuff. So, Chef, last, last time uh, you inspired me to think about the last time I used dried mango in a recipe, I made a mango sambal, like an Indonesian uh-huh. sambal with the sweet mango out of one of these containers. Uh, hot chili paste uh-huh. and toasted peanuts and just mm. did like a little mango. Uh, oh, yep. Yeah, peanuts is a huge Coconut item. vinegar. We sell yeah. all kinds of different flavors of peanuts. Hot mm. and spicy, just your regular salted peanuts. Mm-hmm. Very good items by themselves or components too, which we use in a lot of our mixes. Peanuts is a, one of our biggest items that we use in a lot of our mixes. Mm-hmm. Sunflower oh. seeds, pumpkin seeds, peanuts, raisins. When it comes to things like flake coconut, you know... You see this around. I have a hard time eating the flake coconut, but when it's been uh, sweetened, uh, it seems easier to eat. It's a, it's a very good component for mixes. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you can use it in baking and stuff like that, but as far as what we use it for, it's, it's a component into our snack mixes and stuff like that. Do you do anything to it or just add it to the snack? Just, just add it. Yeah. Yep. We're talking with Ben Ebison from uh, Charlie's Produce. He's talking about Nature's World and Northwest Delights uh, snacks that you can find in pretty much every store whether it's a gas station or the finest grocery store uh i always think of when i see these things i think of new york groceries that's the first place i kind of saw yep. these kind of snacks uh, and containers of uh, dried fruits and stuff all kind of stacked up on a shelf yep. we just didn't buy them that way here 40 years ago so right. Right. this is awesome okay so people are going to go out you have 100 different ones what's your favorite you're the master of delight here well i actually like the san juan mix you like the san juan yes. mix I like to have a cold drink with the San Juan. A cold drink. Now we have another mix called. Can you be Ma- more specific? A nice cold IPA. Oh, yes. All right. Now we do have a mix called Mount Hood mix, which uh-huh. I did not bring today, and that's my wife's favorite. It has uh-huh. white chocolate chips, uh-huh. cranberries, and raisins and stuff in it. She so really sweeter. likes that mix. It's a little sweeter mix. Nice. Mm. But I like, our, I like those one, the the mixed nuts. I like that one. Yeah. But about, be, you know, beyond all of our mixes that we actually make ourselves and stuff, which we do a lot of, banana chips is actually one of our top selling no items. Kidding. Just by itself, just huh. banana chips. I don't know how often everybody here actually do, eats banana chips, but it is probably in our top five. I eat bananas selling most items. every day. Yeah, bananas, fresh bananas. Yeah, fresh. But you know, actually so, in the banana chip form. Do uh, people eat them as a snack themselves, or are they an ingredient in something? that Both. Okay. Yep. I mean, you can see there that bag. I mean, that's one of our best-selling items, the, yeah. the bag of banana chips there. It's pretty big. Well, it's yeah. only appropriate. Yeah. Charlie sells more bananas than anybody else in yes. the universe. So yes. it's, it's, uh, it's uh, appropriate. Thank you, Ben, for coming in and sharing Absolutely. your time. Absolutely. Thank you that. so no, much. I appreciate the time and letting me be here. So you thank bet. you. Up next, Carrie Dennett's going to join us from the Seattle Times. I don't know if she actually works for the Times or if she's just wrote this article as a separate. I think she works there. Uh, but anyway, I should have find that out. Uh, on Cairo Radio, we're going to talk about eating leftovers on the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM.
Here we go. Welcome back to the Hot Stove Society show on Cairo Radio. We're very busy today. Very. Well, we miss our pal Pamela producing the show, so uh, I'm, I, I kind of put it together, and now you're getting my taste on things. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> chaos, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of chaos, uh, that's what our refrigerator looks like at home is chaos right now. We have it a niece too. and nephew and two little, two of their youngsters with... Uh, with huge appetites, and they buy too much food, and then they put it all in my fridge as leftovers, and then I have to throw it away if I don't eat it myself. Sometimes, yeah. We don't eat the same food. I'll just say that. Right. Leftovers are a big issue in my house. It comes between my wife and I once in a while because she hates leftovers, and I love having that little quick meal sitting right there ready for me to reconstruct. I don't often eat it in the same way that I bought it, but I often reconstruct it into something else. So I was reading the Seattle Times last week, and a freelance uh, author of an article there, Carrie Dennett, uh, was in there talking about, do you have a complicated relationship with leftovers? And I I I thought a lot of people do. Carrie should be on our show because maybe she can save my marriage, my leftover marriage. (laughs) Carrie, welcome to our show, and thanks for joining us here this uh, early morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us about your inspiration behind this article about uh, your relationship with leftovers, and where do we begin and how do we fix it? Because it seems like we're throwing away an awful lot of food. And how do we not get a divorce? (laughs) Yes, I I wrote it so I can save marriages. Uh, I'm I'm fortunate that my husband is on the same page with me about leftovers. We both love them. I think I said in the column, I see leftovers as a gift. It's a meal I don't have to prepare. Yeah, you know, maybe fuss with it a little bit, you know, fancy it up. But as much as I love to cook, sometimes it's nice to not have to cook. Right, exactly. Yeah. So my, my inspiration was, I mean, I, I have a fairly uncomplicated relationship with leftovers. I enjoy them. I think the only complication comes in when something does slip to the back of the fridge and I forget about it till it's too late. And then I'm sad. But I also, I, you know, I, I'm a journalist and a dietitian. I have a private practice. I work with a lot of clients who have very varying relationships with leftovers. Um, and then I think what really spurred this column is there was actually a study kind of looking at some of the reasons why um, people reject leftovers. And there's a lot of myths about them that they're not as nutritious. They're not as delicious. And, um, you know, I think sometimes mindset gets in the way, Mm -hmm. but also quite frankly, some people just don't enjoy them. Um, I have one client who as a kid had to eat leftovers on repeat day after day after day. And that was just kind of a, kind of a trauma. And that kind of follows through decades later in her adult life. Right. So we all, we all have different experiences. That's kind of a, that's kind of my wife's camp. It's more of like, well, I had that last night. Why do I want it again for lunch today? She's more of that mindset. I'm more of the mindset. Well, well, there's a fast, easy snack in the fridge yeah well especially because it's very rare and i take the leftovers and don't do a little something to it Mm -hmm. just a little quick something you know it's like i don't know it's just it's i had a leftover tapenade roasted potato and sorted spinach leftover from that was going with with the halibut the night before so the that was leftovers next day it came with chicken i had exactly some, some cooked chicken in the fridge i took the chicken and i Warmed it up, put the tapenade on top, use all the vegetable warmed up. In 10 minutes, I had a meal. Carrie, I think sometimes people get concerned about food safety when it comes to leftovers. Is there really an issue there? Well, sure there is. I mean, assuming it's something that you've cooked, 
and, you know, it's still sitting, you know, on the stovetop or the counter while you're eating, storing foods appropriately, getting them into the fridge so they're in the safety temperature zone, um, storing them in appropriate containers, um, you know, for freshness. So, yeah, there are some concerns if something sits on the, you know, on the on the turned off stove for hours mm-hmm. after dinner is served then it might be not necessarily safe to eat and even reheated because I hope everyone knows this, but if a food has started to spoil, reheating it does not make it safe. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, or if you left it, you know, you had lunch somewhere and you left it in the car all afternoon and you come home and put that in the fridge. I'm like, you should not put that in the fridge. You should get rid of that. You know, four no. hours in the sunshine in the car is not a conservative. It's not going to keep anything good. Absolutely. And there's been times where I've been dining someplace and I'm like, this would make great leftovers, but I know I can't keep it safe Mm -hmm. until I can get it into a refrigerator. So I just, I let it go. I let it go with a little bit, little bit of sadness. (laughs) I let it go. (laughs) uh, You talk about in your article, some of the things that we can do to solve the issue of 20% of America's food supply going into the garbage or compost bin. The hard one for us in restaurants is portion size because- you're judged in a funny way in restaurants. You're judged oftentimes on on how full the plate is. Was there something left over that I can take home? You know, in, the, in that sort of area. And then, you know, you take it home. Not only do you use a to-go container to take it home in and a to-go bag, but then you let it get to the back of your fridge and then you throw it away anyway. I mean, we, we compound the issue sometimes. What are some of your thoughts on how to reduce our leftovers? You know, I, I've noticed that with restaurants, there does seem to be, you know, the idea that you have to, you know, we have to have a full plate. I actually appreciate going to restaurants where the portion is more reasonable mm-hmm. and, you know, provided the food is delicious and I get a wonderful experience. But I know I know that's hard. I think, you know, assuming somebody, you know, they order something and there's more than they can reasonably eat and still feel comfortable when they walk out of the restaurant. Yeah. Taking it home, but then being thoughtful about when they're going to have it. And I think that also applies to leftovers from stuff we've made at home. It's not enough to just put it in the fridge. We need to kind of have a at least a loose plan about when we're going to have it. Are we going to have it for lunch the next day? Are we going to have it for dinner? Sometimes in my house, in the interest of variety, I'll plan leftovers. You know, there's leftovers from dinner. I'll decide, okay, we're not going to have that tomorrow night, but we're going to have it the next night. I kind of call it leapfrogging. So, you know, and I think that could be helpful for people who like Oh, they feel like they need more variety. You know, if I have it tonight, I don't want it for lunch tomorrow. I don't mm-hmm. even want it for dinner tomorrow. But maybe the next day, you know, it, it, it's they're more excited to have it again. Right. And that goes with your uh, not just your cooked food, but your prep food, too, is uh, when you're prepping. Let's say you had to buy a pound of cherries. You see that bag sitting there and you buy the whole pound of cherries. Uh, prepping those cherries before they sit on the counter and, you know, end up as a bag of fruit flies. Uh, is important to process of right. how you're thinking about your, your meal. So, What's your last meal you did with leftovers? Um, we've had some pasta dishes recently, but one that is one of my favorite dishes to, to in, for intentional leftovers is there's a wonderful recipe for Russian egg salad that Molly Weisenberg has on her now archived Orangette blog. And when I make that, it has lots of mushrooms, caramelized onions, of course, eggs, Dijon, dill, and when I make that, I have some right after I make it, and it's delicious, but the next day, it is the best, and I look forward to that second day. Sounds fabulous. Second day is a good one. Yeah. A good day. Uh, I just think we're so lucky in our age to have freezers. You can freeze anything. That's you right. Can, you know, it's all ingredient. We just had leftover onions. I browned them all and put them in the freezer as browned onions. I can just pull those out. 
No, you, you pack them in sizes that are um, smaller, small, right? So you can use them up. Well, Carrie, thank you. If you want to thank read you the, so much. the whole article, uh, you can go to, I'm sure, the Seattle Times archives, or if you can check out Carrie's Carrie on nutrition at gmail.com. You can talk to her about leftovers and uh, find her other articles that she is, uh, her dietitian work brings her to. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that's Carrie Dennett. Uh, I found her article in the Seattle Times and quite enjoyed it. Absolutely. I sent it to my wife. <laughs> Coming up in our second hour, we've got a full more hour, as my favorite golf producer would like to say, a full more hour includes what are we going to do about Maui as a, as a radio show? Uh, because we have to do something. And, of course, we're going to wrap up the show with Food for Thought Tasty Trivia on Cairo Radio. It's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. Two here at the Hot Stove Society Show. My name is Tom Douglas. And I'm Jerry Rotary Roller Chef in the Hat. We've had a spirited first hour getting ready for the second. I hope everything in your gardens are growing. And everything in the fridge is Cars ready to moving. go. Yeah. You're ready to eat. And the exactly. wine and the rose is nice on ice. Chef, we've got another hour. We're going to talk about making a s'more from ordinary to extraordinary. We're going to do our food for thought tasty trivia challenge. We have food in the news including a nacho spill in, uh, in Arkansas. But a more, on a more serious note, uh, the, the tragedy that's happened in Maui Correct. Uh, is beyond my comprehension. Uh, the pictures uh, it's, it's horrid. are gut-wrenching. And, uh, you know, we are used to, as restaurateurs, jumping into action, right? Uh, when this young lady got murdered in front of our restaurants a few months ago, we jumped into action and did a percentage of... Proceeds from, yeah. our, from our restaurants for the night, as did many, many, many other restaurants of in the course. community, uh, taking care of literally of one of our own. Uh, she had a restaurant down on, on Western Avenue. But I, I don't know where to begin. This seems so huge. I was reading this morning that there's still a, a thousand people missing. And so I, I'm trusting that some of that is communication issues. Uh, I hope it's not that they're all gone, literally. Uh, but, you know, 110 are already gone determined to be gone, and I'm not sure where to go, but I feel like uh, I've been seeing all sorts of things popping up about uh, what's going on with Maui. We're doing an event here on the 1st of uh, uh, September here uh, at the Hot Stove Society show, but I want us as a radio show to do something. And so I'm, I want to ask our listeners to, uh, our email is hotstove at tomdouglas.com. And I'm looking for ideas that we can do as a radio show. Because to me, a radio show, our show, isn't just about you and I standing up here. It's not about our our producers. It's about our listeners as how we interact in each other's lives. And as a radio show, we should be able to do something to make uh, this somehow a little bit better. Right. So uh, we have the facilities. I have that amazing warehouse out in Ballard. I've got outdoor facilities. I've got grills. I've got all sorts of things. But there's only so much I can do. I've got 25 events literally coming up, both for-profit and non-profit, in the next 45 days. 
I just can't do a lot more personally. Right, right, right. But I can shepherd a group. Our team can shepherd a group if we want to get together as a radio show. And I know you can't do much with your illness right now, but you can, well, you can have, sit there. I can talk. And can, you can direct. I can brainstorm and I can direct. Yeah, exactly. So Using a microphone can go a long way. So uh, I'm going to pick a day here in the near future that we could uh, do this, but I would like some ideas uh, outside of the norm. I know many of you travel to Hawaii. Uh, I'm a Big Island guy personally. I've got tons of friends over on Maui. Uh, My son is married to a wonderful uh, woman named Selina, whose whole family is from Makawa, and they got married in Kula, right where the fires are still going full blast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, Maui is very dear to us, but the whole, all the islands. I mean, Hawaii is a very special place, and it's the closest thing we have to paradise right here. And, and Washington State is the number two. Uh, it's the number two. They have more Washington State tourists, number two, than I think California is number one that go to Hawaii. Right. Washington is number two. So we, we are part of that island. Correct. Uh, and, and we um, have a lot of Hawaiians in Seattle, yeah. a huge amount. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's very important to support. So if you're part of that community, if you're part of the expat community from Hawaii that's living in Seattle, working in Seattle, I'd love to hear from you what we can do as a, as a team. Uh, I do know that, you know, when we do these events, uh, we have to kind of beg people to come to them, especially when they're for charitable causes, right? Because it's just hard. There's so many out there. But if you want to be part of this event, you know, a lot of what you can do is bring 10 people. Right. Right. It's not like right. I'm making the money. It's, it's for it's for charity. Correct. It's, it's for Maui. Correct. So uh, that's another area you could sign up is like almost like be a table captain. If we let's just say that we do a Puaka or a Big Island chicken pop up out there at the dock. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if only 10 people show up or only 50 people show up, it's really hard to make much yeah, money. Or buy right? buy. I have a bunch of chicken for the company or for the lunch for the company. Or yeah, I can do that more efficiently than most people can. Yeah, but yeah. You can, yeah, you can donate the money for the chicken. Correct. You can do all sorts of things uh, that uh, could help. So I want to hear from you. We're at hotstoveattomdouglas.com. And uh, if you go to GoFundMe, you can look for one thing I've been doing is try to support Chef Joey in uh, Nipili, which is a restaurant owner that has many restaurants in Lahaina and in actually not in Lahaina, in Nepali, uh-huh. right next door to Lahaina. And all his employees have been working day in, day out since the... the since last Tuesday. Since last Tuesday yeah. for a week, day in, day out. So, you know, they need money because they're not, they not open for business. Obviously, they're just doing all this food, all this constantly. So they need money to pay these people and to keep them alive, to buy the food and all that stuff. So um, that's another GoFundMe. You can go to... And I can vouch for that's real, and that's um, been very much attributed to the real cause. Um, so go back there a little bit. You said it's a GoFundMe page now. It's a do, you, GoFundMe do you know what it is? Chef Joey. Chef Joey. I will, I will get the entire um, name before the end of the show. Before the end great. of the show, yeah. so I can look it up and make sure I'm not saying the wrong thing. But it's Chef Joey um, from Maui, and um, that's a place you can definitely send a little cash if you have some right now. And it doesn't matter the amount. The, the amount is not important. What's important is the support. Right. And get some friends to pitch in, you know, get your neighbors, get your friends, get your family. You know, even five bucks is a lot of money. When you multiply that by 10, it's 50 bucks, you know. And, I mean, it's easy to do. But you, this is when we have to step in and do the legwork. The legwork is to be able to believe that you're going to help and to give it to someone else to help you too. 
yeah. you had a good cause too. Well, so, you, charitable stuff is your t- three T's, right? Your time, your talent, and your treasure. That is correct. Some have all three. Some yeah. have the time. Some yeah. have the treasure. Some have, uh, what was the other one I just said? <laughs> talent. talent. We have some talent. We have some talent. So some, if you have some, some ideas of how you want to team up as a radio show to make this happen, just email me at uh, hotstove at tomdouglas.com, and we will come up with something and a date, and we'll put it together, and, and we'll raise some serious cash for our friends in Maui. We could make T-shirts. That could be an idea. That could be an idea. Maybe somebody makes T-shirts and that, right. so we don't have to pay for them. That's right. That would be awesome. Okay, we're going to have more about another fundraiser for Maui later in the show. Uh, it is a big deal, so let's do this. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, making S'more. s'mores. S'more or less. <laughs> On Cairo Radio, it's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. to me, it's the motion. Makes your daddy want to rock it ain't the meat, it's the motion. It's the movement that gives it the sock. Give me more. Give me s'mores. Give me some more. Give me some more s'mores. All right, it's the Hot Stove Kitchen right here in downtown Seattle. Coming to you from the Hotel Andra. Uh, we are uh, thrilled to have Annie here. You heard me talking about my... F- request for our listeners to come up with an idea for a fundraiser for Maui uh, mm-hmm. that they can help with that we can do as a radio show. You're doing one right here at the Hot Stove. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, Annie is the executive director here at the Hot Stove Kitchens. Thank you, Tom, uh-huh. for the introduction. The reason why we have the Maui fundraiser because one of our team members here is Drew Martin. He's actually from that town, mm-hmm. from Maui, mm-hmm. and Lahaina was where he grew up. And he has a lot of friends who still live there that lost their homes. Uh, he was really devastated when it you know, all happened. So I'm a really good friend with him. I actually went to go see him when I was two months pregnant, and I've known him for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I just woke up, and then I was like, well, I want to do something for him just to kind of help him out. And also Maui people, too, of course. So we came up with this menu, and then probably have... I mean, not probably, but he will be. He also a musician too, so he's gonna perform at the event. Mm-hmm. And then um, him and I kind of create the the menu together. Uh, when I wasn't pregnant and didn't have a kid back then, I when I still have a life, I used to go to his show um, <laughs> here in Seattle. And every time I go see him, I would make spam musubi to the show so he have something yeah. to eat at the end of the show so that's why spam musubi definitely gonna be on the menu and he has been talking a lot about lomi lomi salmon mm-hmm. uh, he thought he's missing that a lot and so that's on the menu as well and um, he came to my house when he came back to Seattle two years ago I made him um, blue out pork with cabbage and he said that was the best thing he actually said I made it quite as good as his grandma, so that was a Whoa. huge yeah. Oh, wow. that must that have been was, delicious. Yeah. So, um, what's the date? The date is going to be September first on a Friday. Okay. Um, and right here at the hot stove. Right here at the hot stove. Okay. And how do people get a ticket? Uh, we are going to start posting it today or tomorrow. Uh, you can go on to hotstovesociety.com to purchase a ticket. We're charging a little bit more. It's because the money should be going towards uh, the people that needing help. 
Uh, most of the proceeds kind of go towards that. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that. And yeah, thank yeah. you. Again, we all have to step in. This is uh, These are our neighbors totally. here in Hawaii. And I'm proud of you and the team here at the Hot Stove for jumping in and doing yeah. something. Hey, doing Tom, something. I will confirm that the website I was talking about was Joey's Kitchen and Makadang Dang uh, Restaurant Ohana in uh, on GoFundMe. So okay. Joey's Kitchen. All right. Thanks, Annie. Yeah. Uh, we invited Leslie Kelly back to the mic here. Uh, she's just been hanging around like a bad penny. Uh, and uh, <laughs> You know, um, I, I did offer to open your jar of jam and share it. You should. You should. I'm going to. I yes. want to try it, too. Because I've never just said that. I've never had a jar before. <laughs> oh, please. Oh. Um, oh, please. Anyway, you said I, yeah. I mentioned s'mores, taking s'mores from... Uh, uh, ordinary to extraordinary, and you chimed in that well, you have the I perfect have the extraordinary, secret, the secret um, sauce, as right. it were. Um, a couple of years, well, about a year ago, I started playing around with the s'mores um, formula, and uh, which is what? What is the well, s'mores? Graham cracker? Yeah, the classic is graham crackers, Hershey's chocolate. Uh. Plain old Hershey's chocolate and a marshmallow. Craft marshmallow. Craft marshmallow toasted. Okay. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to tear that institution down. Don't send me hate mail. Okay. Well, why? I mean, why is it Hershey's? Why is it? Why is it Hershey's? Is that really the case? Did they they, come up with it? I'm sure they came up with it. I'm not going to dig into the history of that or Google it because then I'll get Hershey's ads for the rest of the day. okay? Okay. I had the bright idea. Of putting, we'll be the judge of that. Okay, <laughs> of using Fran's dark chocolate Oh, my God, sauce. that's cheating. No, it's not cheating. No, that's actually making it really good. It, it's making it really good. And um, then I got some fancy marshmallows, which are no longer on the market. Or it's, it's very hard to find them. They're called Smashmallows. And they had a churros flavor, which had, you know, cinnamon and sugar on the outside. Those were really good. But... Those are hard to find. So I, I think any marshmallow will do, uh, but it's the key is the Franz um, chocolate sauce. It's still plenty thick. It's uh-huh. not like it's runny, but you put it on a graham cracker. You don't have to melt that. It, it's already kind of pre-melted. And mm-hmm. my mouth is watering just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I ah, could ah, see. Ah, I'm going to have to change his shirt afterwards. Get me a napkin, all right? <laughs> She's totally going. Well, you know who else makes a good, I think, a good um, chocolate, melty type chocolate bar is Seattle Chocolate. They make a horchata bar, Ooh, which yeah. would work in that, in that oh, world, yes. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the chocolate is very important. I what mean, about the graham cracker? Because so well, often, I mean, if you don't buy a fresh box of graham crackers, you are doing a disservice to a schmore. Well, I love the, the graham crackers at, from Trader Joe's yeah. that have a little cinnamon sugar on them. But um, I hate a stale one. I mean, it just no, ruins everything. No, stale one is, there's, yeah. nothing, there's no way to bring it back. And they stale, I mean, the humidity just, they stale out really quickly once yeah. you open the pack. Well, in my well, house. So what, what were you guys going to talk about? Let's get back to your two well, cents. You know, one, you know I'm, I'm from a town, close to a town called Nantes in France. And in Nantes, there is a factory that makes a biscuit. Or we call it biscuit in French, but it's actually a cookie. Yeah, yeah. Called Lu, L-U. It's all over France. Mm-hmm. It's all I over know. Europe. They have the chocolate on the them world. already, right? They yes. have the yeah. chocolate one. They have the non-chocolate one. And the non-chocolate one is a good replacement to the graham cracker. Uh-huh. What do you mean the non-chocolate? Just a plain one? Just you a plain mean? one. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's basically a hard... It's like a cracker, except it's a sweet cracker. Right. And uh, it makes a really good... Yeah. Um, I can see that. Cookie. 
Yeah, I can see that. So that's a, that's is an there idea. A, is there a bad cookie, though? Duh. Yeah, Oreo. So, Leslie, here's the question. <laughs> uh, there was a legendary episode of you on our Uh-oh. radio show talking about you blistering your weenies <laughs> on the campfire. You know, I like to stick my wiener right there in the fire and get it all blistered. And so here's the real question now when it comes to s'mores. Do you, how do you blister your marshmallows? No, I don't blister my marshmallows. I'm very patient with my marshmallows, unlike with my weenies. I like to set my weenies on fire. There's uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, I just turn it. You know, it's it's like rotisserie chicken. So you chicken. like golden? You don't like a black boil or any sort of crusty? I don't like black. No, uh, I don't uh, like... I'm kind, of, I'm kind of that way, too. I must what, say you like that a golden? I like a, a dark golden, but I don't like when it's burned. Because if you take longer with it, if you're patient with it, it gets softer in the middle. Yeah, and then it falls off your stick. Um, well, plus it's, well. it's burn flavor. The problem with sugar is when it's burned, it's burned. It tastes like burn. It's not the flavor yes. I'm looking for. And uh, by the way, toasted hazelnut, chopped, really fine. Toasted hazelnut drizzle on that chocolate sauce. Oh, well, if you use good. your Lou cookies like you talked about, they make yeah. a little toffee chocolate. Yes, they you do. Yeah. Yeah. And what is that? It's got a little like it's a, a chocolate and 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 Lou cookie. It's got little crunchy caramelized caramelized bits in it, right? Uh no, no, just chocolate. Chocolate and cookie. You know, but they have one that has the little toffee oh. kind of chocolate. Well, that sure. Nice. I'll I'll say sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? I say sure too. We wish you all good luck yes, if you uh make a s'more, make it in our honor. Send us a picture at hot stove. Ooh. At TomDouglas.com. Show us how extraordinary you make your schmoo. Exactly. That would be so delicious. Get me all worked up. Uh, you know, I have a fireplace at the farm, but we're not allowed to turn it on right now. It's so dry over oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. Uh, we can't yeah. start a fire at this point because of the flying no, you cannot sparks. start a fire. <laughs> no. All right. So you've got two ways to help Maui. One is send me an email. We're going to do it together as a radio show. And the other is September 1st here at the Hot Stove. You can go get a ticket at HotStove.com. Uh, up next, we have food in the news. And it's not show food on Cairo Radio. It's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. I like to stick my wiener right there in the fire and get it all blistered. All the nachos you can eat. Yeah, all the nachos you can eat. Yeah, it's a miracle. It's so magical. And they deliver them right to your seat. All the nachos you can eat. Yeah, all the nachos you can eat. Yeah, they're never running out. Okay, we're back in the hot stove kitchens. We've been graced by Cynthia Nims on the floor. You know, everyone just wants to be at our show today. Thank you for coming. If you two ladies look behind you, you'll see uh, my ninth sibling. That's, uh, I have six sisters, a brother, and a stove. Uh, and that is my mother's stove right behind you there. So, uh, My name is Tom Douglas. And I'm Jerry Rotiro, the chef in the hat. And we're going to jump right into Food in the News, Chef. Uh, uh, it is crazy out there what happens in our world. Uh, one of the, my least favorite things, like I talk about this uh, pretty often, is like, you know, I grew up in that Philadelphia, South Philadelphia area, Wilmington, Newark, Delaware, Wilmington, right. Delaware. The place where and, nobody goes. You know, it used to be that you'd go to Philly and have a great cheesesteak, but now you go to Philly and you have a cheesesteak wit whiz, <laughs> and it's gross. And I, uh, and I know I'm going to get letters about this, but to no, me, Philadelphia should give up gross. the cheesesteak crown yeah. by capitulating to whiz. Yeah. So... 
I'm just going to start cheating, right there. It's cheating, and it's not good. So what happened in Arkansas recently, this last week, uh, I think is a, an appropriate punishment. And, appropriate punishment for Wiz. Uh, if you've ever started stared at the dashboard of your vehicle and noticed a little traction control light with its serpentine tracks emanating from the tires of a tiny car icon, you might have wondered when that sucker actually turns on. In most cases, it engages during wet or icy conditions to let you know that your traction control system is working, diverting power to the wheels to the grip of the road, or... If you're driving through Arkansas this week, it may be because you just skidded into some nacho cheese sauce. A whole on Monday, the Arkansas Department of Transportation posted photos of its on its account, followed by a repost Tuesday to the Facebook page that showed dozens of cans of number ten cans. These are the big ones yeah. of gooey golden nacho cheese spilled across the section of Interstate 30, roughly a hundred miles south of Little Rock. So. You know uh, how Taco ter- Tuesday, you, anyone? You know how scary. <laughs> you know how scary that would be to drive at sixty miles an hour through a pile of cheese on the freeway. Cheese sauce, yeah. Cheese sauce, yeah. yeah. Not just cheese. Cheese sauce. The good thing is, there's probably nothing organic in there. So, well, not yeah. only that, but that would be a serious skid on the freeway. Remember, <laughs> remember when the the tomato truck fell in California? I think it was last year or the year before, and it was like tons and thousands of pounds of tomatoes on the freeway. Now, that would be a good day to be out and about and have a box and pick up some tomatoes. Well, it turns out it was uh, 15,000 pounds of cheese oh. sauce. Little Rock's KATV daybreak anchor, Cassandra <coughs> Webb, uh, chimed in uh, with a comment saying, it's nacho ordinary highway spill, certainly not the best queso scenario. Oh. Thankfully, it's all clear and it's nacho problem anymore. Oh, you must know this person. Well played. All right, did you know, item number two in Food in the News, did you know you can earn $110,000 as a f- pizza influencer? Wow. Yeah. Whose pizza are we influencing? Slice, the ordering app for independent pizzerias, has, has over three dozen job openings on their posted website. Wait, 3,000? Three dozen. Three dozen. That's 36. Oh, job three openings. Three dozen, I thought you said 3,000. And it's, cook, it's currently looking for customer support reps senior iOS engineers, and a sales manager. The company is also trying to find the right candidate to join its marketing team because it would really like to hire a pizza influencer. Wow. You have to do TikTok videos. Uh, You have to celebrate pizza, celebrate pizza owners and pizza caterers alike. The influencer is also expected to increase the company's social media following. Maybe we should try. You'll be the face of Slice Pizza. There you go. It's posted at, uh, you get a 401k, you get $25 per week as a pizza stipend. <laughs> that's one pizza at Series 5. Exactly. That's one pizza. And the salary listed is uh, between eighty five dollars and $110,000 annually. They'd prefer wow. if you live in New York City. So of course I, they do. that's kind of a trade off. Now that brings your salary down to about $50,000 exactly. value. So there you wow, go. Wow, that's amazing. An influencer, that's a serious job. I mean, they. There is, that's their job. Somebody's, somebody's life yeah. is... Well, we're, apparently we're following them. We're watching them. It's the only yeah. reason that they yeah. have the job. Of course. Look at Leslie Kelly. She's making millions uh, and yeah. is in her RV. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she purposely stays in the RV just to make that rich, rich life. Exactly. 
Uh, item number three in our food in the news, <laughs> Chef. Yes. Um, did you read this one about the rosé butler? Oh, yes. That's, uh, that's a bit on the nutty side. I thought that was a bit over the top. You know, somebody's suite in a hotel is, uh, they're making it such a, a beautiful thing and everything is rosé uh, oriented, but they have 10,000 petals of roses. Oh, more than that, Chef. I'm sorry? You want me to read it to you? Yeah. The sunshine, the warmth, and the long summer evenings call for one drink and one drink only, rosé. Yes. But rather than just sip a glass of tasty rosé, Italian wine brand Santa Margarita and the Walker Hotel in Greenwich Village in New York City want you to experience the very essence and sleep over it, too. On Wednesday, the two brands came together to unveil the Santa Margarita Suite. I like the way, I like the way you're going really An into Italian rosé-themed suite which comes packed with more than 50,000 pink petals and includes a rosé all-day butler who will happily pour you a glass anytime you wish. I'd like to pay him not to pour me a glass. Just leave the bottle. That's right. And the suite was inspired by the Venetian region of Italy, which uh, is the region that gave birth to Santa Margarita's iconic rosé. And uh, Scott noted that the the person from uh, Food & Wine noted that the decor, which took months to pull together, is meant to reflect both the features and elements of the pale hue of (laughs) rosé. From all the flowers right down to the custom window treatments that depict a scene of the Venetian sunset right there in Manhattan, right in front of the brick wall that's usually outside Only in New York City, I think. What makes for the extra special stay is that the butler who uh, comes to the room with chilled Santa Margarita rosé on command Guests can serve themselves thanks to a rosé cart in the room. And uh, let's see what I'll say. Can capture, you can call up the photographer to come take your picture drinking rosé and take a video of you in your room. That is, if you have everything already, this is what you should have. Exactly. The, there's, <laughs> to those hoping to spend an evening in the Santa Margarita Suida, you can take their, make their reservations right now at the Walker Hotel website. The limited time stays are available between July 24th and July 31st, and you are welcome to take anything out of the room that you choose. Like, you can take stuff off the wall and just take it with you. The price is $4,051 per night, which is uh, the exact miles between the Santa Margarita Winery in Venice and the number of miles between New York City. So, <laughs> It's a good thing they didn't live on the moon. Yeah, exactly. That would have been very expensive. So if you were in the Rosé Santa Margarita Suida, uh, what would you ask the butler for? Well, I would definitely ask I'd, him for a glass of Rosé first. To and I would try, ask for ice. To try the thing, and then you would put the ice cube in the, water, in the Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably fall over. No, I mean, yes. And uh, this I mean, is... This they're is getting a, exactly what they want. I'm reading their ad on, of on, on air, but it's funny. Yeah, no, like it's, it. it's very funny. It's definitely not my style, but... You wouldn't spend the 4000 bucks on it? Nope. $51? I'd take an airplane ticket, first class, and go to Italy and go to the winery and have the wine there. That's what I would do with this $4,000. You can't get in there first class Well, what, you know what I'm saying. I would just I'd be a down payment on the ticket. You maybe could go by yourself, but then Kathy <laughs> wouldn't be very happy with you. She probably wouldn't even want, be, want to go. <laughs> no, but I mean... Yeah, that's be more my style is to go to Italy and go to the winery uh-huh. itself. I personally, of the three things that we talked about today, I like the idea of taking my Tahoe with four-wheel drive and big new tires on it and, and going drive right through. through the nacho cheese skid 
and then just hitting it so that my tires spin, <laughs> and then I spread nacho cheese <laughs> all over the neighborhood <laughs> off my tires. That definitely would be more my cup of tea as well. Yeah, that, that definitely would be my, uh, my kind of play, for sure. There you go. Wouldn't it be nice to be spinning your wheels and spinning that natural cheese sauce? Yeah, just hold, all you have to do is hold up a, a, a tray of tortilla chips. Because, you, you know, the stuff doesn't uh, harden. It's just... Yeah, it just tastes soft for the rest of its life. Exactly. Okay, it's time for Food for Thought. Tasty trivia. We're going to do that right here on the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. If you want this cheddar, better get on your knees. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. You'll be begging all night, you just keep saying please. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. I'ma eat all this cheese and no one can stop me. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. You can't have any, so you'll just have to watch me. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. This cheese is not for you, it says it right on the boxes. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. Don't be stealing this cheese or I'll show you who stops it. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. I have a legal right to this cheese right here. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. Nacho Supreme Court ain't gonna side with you, dear. Cause it's nacho cheese, nacho cheese. I'm doing a dance. Cause I got pesto in my pants. I'm doing a dance. Cause I got pesto in my pants. My burgers would not flip. My Welcome back. It's the Hot Stove Society Show in Cairo. Uh, we are getting ready for our Rub with Love Food for Thought Tasty Trivia Challenge. Uh, you can find Rub with Love all around the Pacific Northwest. As a matter of fact, all across the country in grocery stores like the Metropolitan Market, PCC, Thriftway, specialty food shops like Wild Salmon at the Fisherman's Terminal, Gemini Fish with locations in Issaquah and Clealum, or please visit us at the Source Serious Pie in Ballard, Seatown uh, just north in the Pike Place Market area, and right here at the Hot Stove Society. And, of course, we're in 5,000 retailers all around the country. Bartels even has us uh, wow. featured right now here in all around the Northwest. Chef, I think we all know how to play. Uh, I'm going to ask five questions of each uh-huh. of our participants. We have Andy and Corrine from our audience have uh, jumped up to the mic willingly this time. I know. We didn't, this we didn't is, even have to, like, normally we have drag to, them. Like, yeah, normally we have to touch them to a rope, but not yeah. this time. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to give each of you five questions. Uh, the winner gets to have the fame and glory that comes with winning, and the loser gets to walk around the room with an L on their forehead. I, you can put your fingers up, or I can use a Sharpie. One or the other, but it has to be done. The walk of shame. The walk of shame. Are you guys ready? Ready. All right. Good. I'm going to start. All right. Serrano ham, which I have one uh, in our refrigerator here at the uh, sure. hot stove, uh, is from which country? I'm going to go with Spain, but uh, do you have a surprise for me of some kind? Uh, I don't. Okay. Are you, is that your final answer? Yes. You're sure? Um, yes. Okay, you are correct, sir. <laughs> I mean, All right. Are you sure? <laughs> All right, Terry's I remember, got one I remember, uh, I remember walking in Barcelona through the uh, Rampa and through the market and seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of him. Yeah. And the only thing I could ask myself was, who the hell ate all this? I, mean, I always ask myself, move? how do those pigs get around on only two legs? <laughs> a pig like this, you can't eat all at once. <laughs> exactly. Um, the herb saffron comes from what flower? Crocus. Crocus. That is correct. And there is many different types of crocus that produces many different types of saffron. Exactly. And you can even get it right here in the Northwest. India, too. Spain, 
If you want a pair of tweezers and a... <laughs> this, yeah. Uh, there's a um, type of pastry that is used in England to make beef wellington. What kind of pastry is it? Well, it's puff pastry where I come from, but it's not going to be called that in England, probably. What's it going to be called in England? Ah, uh, flaky pastry. Oh, wrong. It's called puff pastry. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> really? They called it that too? Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised for once. Loser. Huh? <laughs> what happened to your French helper there? Well, because she knew the answer. That's okay. Okay, Chef, question number four for you. What is Hungary's national dish? Like, not what do you eat when you're hungry. What is the national dish of Beef Hungary? Beef stroganoff. Beef stroganoff. You are wrong, sir. No, paprika. Uh, I know. It's paprika. Goulash. 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 Yeah. yeah, the audience had it. Huh? All right, all right, all right. I think it's, it's uh, beef stroganoff from Hungary also, or is that... No, no, where is that from? No, no, no. Look at her. She's shaming me right now, but she doesn't even know where it's from. Where's it from? No, 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 no. no. You guys are out she to totally lunch. She totally shamed me. It's not okay. from Norway. Germany. This is an esoteric question, Chef, so uh, I might give you a multiple. Which meat is traditionally served with rosemary? Traditionally served. Lamb. Is it? Yes. You're sure? I'm certain. That is the answer, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got three out of five. Way to go, three chef. Three out of five. Okay. We're going to go with Annie where next. Does it say I mean, that, where does it say that you have to have rosemary with lamb? What, what, what book is that law written in? No, it's in? Because, because of where lamb is from. There is a ton of rosemary. That's the herb they use on grilling. It's always the way things work. You got to go back a few hundred years ago when they didn't think about listening to chefs like us talking around huh. mixing everything together. They had what they had, and that's what you use. And it works well together. I always thought lamb from Brittany and I ate wild thyme, so it tasted like thyme. In Brittany, they do. Wild (laughs) rosemary. Those lamb are mostly, the lamb you're talking about is mostly from the Mediterranean area. Whatever. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Corrine, you're up next. Ready. Ready. What is the main ingredient of hummus? I can't say it the way the the Israelis say hummus. 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 Correct. Chickpeas. What is the main ingredient of borscht? Beets. Wow, these are. Those are. That, that may, hopefully, that's just a a uh, beginner's luck. Easy oh. beginning for you. It's just so she can get in thinking she's going to win. All right, Murphy's Stout is from which country? Ireland. Nice job! Boom, boom, boom! Three out of three. What is mixed with chocolate to make ganache? Cream rich or butter? Um, let's see. Oh, well, butter. Is this a multiple butter. choice or what well, is this? I think butter. Okay, you had it right the first time. Cream, so. oh, not both. <laughs> Cream is the correct answer. Way to go. There's a, a flavoring that is common to Curacao, Grand Marnier, and Cointreau. What is that? Orange. Orange. Whoa. Four out of five. Okay, you ready, Andy? Andy. Yes. Okay, you sure? Sure. You're feeling strong? You got to be know. four out of five. <laughs> Neapolitan ice cream is made up of strawberry, vanilla, and what other flavor? <laughs> Chocolate. Oh, that was, that was easy. Yeah, that's easy. All right. One for one. Tabasco is made from a the Tabasco pepper. And it, what state is it made in? Uh, Louisiana. All right. Woohoo! Coming after you. <laughs> Corrine, coming after you. Uh, the wasab- wasabi is made from a root, the wasabi root, right? What country uh, is it traditionally from? Japan. Japan. Three for three. Way to go. He's going strong. 
what is the minimum time? I mean, you can buy it tw- 21, 30, you can buy it. But what's the minimum time required to age Scotch whiskey? Boy, I don't ever see it advertised oh, either. Uh, wow. I'm going to say <laughs> six years. Six years. You want to guess again? Three years. Three years is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got the point. I should have gone with that one first. (laughs) All right, four for four. And this is like the easy finish, Corrine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. Um, Garlic belongs to which flower family? That would be Allium. You know, it's... That's what I would have guessed, too. Her answer says Lily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, From the oh. Lily family. Yeah. Lily family. But I would have guessed Allium Maybe that's also. a sub, like Allium. Allium's in the... Yeah. Okay. So, right. yeah. Okay, four for five. We have a tie, so you we both tie. get to go to the gift shop and pick out three spice Ooh. rubs to take home with you. There you go. From our yeah. Rub with Love spice Thank shop. Thank you. If you want to be part of the show and be a hero like Corinne and Andy and crush Chef Terry... You can go to our community on YouTube and watch us on Thursday mornings. You can buy a ticket for 25 bucks uh, and come on Thursday mornings and have breakfast and hot coffee included. Uh, Or you can just listen in a podcast. Why not, huh? To watch us live, you have to go to Tom Douglas and Co. Uh, It's free. Just uh, subscribe. It's a free thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to Sean McFadden, our uh, technical director, Liz, our show director, the whole TD team, uh, and our technical wizard at... uh, Cairo, Sean, don't call me Del Torre. And remember, if you miss any episode of our Hot Stove Society show on Cairo, you can listen via podcast. Just subscribe with your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening and have a very, very nice weekend. And we're all Maui strong today. One of sugar.